Hey, Go Church family, welcome back to week one of our podcast this month for A King in a Cradle. My name is Gilbert, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Matt Hadabon. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is exciting. This is exciting. We had a great time talking about this last week on our podcast. We had a great time talking about this at our big Sunday. Yes. And for the rest of this month, we're going to dig deeper into this subject of of the series which we called A King in a Cradle. It's rich, right? I mean, there's there's great truths, not just great truths to know, but truths to practice. That's right. Before we get into this, I actually want to make a couple of announcements, make sure I say this to everyone and remind everyone about yeah. this. First announcement is that in January, we're starting Alpha. So Alpha is a series of interactive sessions where we get together and we're going to get together for around 10 or 11 weeks. And we're going to have what we call a themed dinner party, right? Which is just a great time together. We invite people from all backgrounds. It's not a church event. Sure. It's run by church. It's not a church event, but we invite everyone to come together, get to know each other. We want to get to know new people, make new connections. We we're going to have a great time having food together hearing a 20-minute video about the Christian faith, and then a 40-minute open discussion about whatever anyone feels like talking about. And that's just a great time to connect. Personally, I love Alpha. Alpha is how I connected to Go Church, and it means a lot to me, both when I took part in Alpha and also when I helped lead in Alpha. Yeah, and we say Alpha, that's really uh, the first step. So, I mean, like you're just connecting with Go Church, maybe you're just hearing about Go Church, or you've been attending different events, Alpha is a way to move from attending to participating. And what I mean by that is Alpha is the A in our ABCs. And so um, it's the first step, and it's a great first step because it's a way to build connections, and connections are critical to helping us grow. So Go Church family, I encourage you to invite people to Alpha in January. It runs from January through to uh, through to April, right before the Easter break. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested and you have on your heart to, to take part and help organize, to help lead, to help be part of the team that's running Alpha, reach out to us. We'd be very happy to have you on board with this. Yeah. And I think that that's what's great about Alpha is it's really a great connection point for anybody at any level. Uh, another announcement point which I want to make is about the kiosk that we have uh, in in Cecine yeah. at the end of December. It's going to be excellent. For Go Church. Excellent. Uh, Matt, could you tell us about it? Well, I mean, it's a great opportunity for us to go to our community, to, to serve our community. And what we're doing is we're going to have uh, baked goods. Uh, available uh, to uh, hand out to people. And what I, I, my goal is just to share smiles. You know, the holidays can be a stressful time and uh, I'd love for uh, us to have an opportunity just to uh, share the love of God with people. And that doesn't mean we have to just preach them a whole sermon, but we can give them a cookie and that cookie will have a QR code with a link to uh, be able to connect with us. Really, we want to promote the Alpha as a connection point, but our groups, you know, we're a group-centered church. And 
um, this will be a great opportunity to serve our community. I think it's going to be excellent. That's going to be great. Yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what we can do as a church from that place. Yeah. Um, another announcement is that this week uh, we're going to be having our believers meeting and we're also going to connect that with our Christmas party. Yeah. So can you tell everyone what a believers meeting is? and Because we've started that since a couple of months, right? Yeah, we started in August. Um, we had some friends, uh, special guests came and they, they really helped us kick that off. And a believers meeting is just what it says. People that believe in Jesus, that gather together, and we purpose to turn that meeting over to the Holy Spirit and flow and follow Him, which is a great opportunity for all of us to learn to be led by the Spirit. You know, that's, that's a critical life skill, if you think about it, as right. a believer, is learning to flow and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And the believers meeting is a great opportunity for that. What do we, what do, we do there? Well, uh, usually we have a time of worship, we look at uh, what the Word says, but it's, it's not a traditional, uh, like our big Sunday gathering. Uh, it's more intimate, and it's really focused on the family. Yep. So just as you were saying that, I, I remember the scripture in Romans 8 where Paul says that, you know, they who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Yeah. Sons and daughters, right? Yes. Obviously. But uh, so, so that's, that's super important in our walk. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a believer, if you're part of a group, if you're part of Go Church, you're welcome to join us at these believers meetings where we worship together, where we flow with the Holy Spirit. It's essentially a time of, you know, we have song, right? We have music, but it's not defined by the music. It's defined by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's that's what we do on a believers meeting. So as this meeting grows, we encourage you to join and to invite others to be part of that as well. And uh, the way to find out about these things and all of these things is you can download the Church Center app. Uh, or you can connect with us through one of our WhatsApp groups. And both of those are great ways to stay connected, stay informed with what's happening. Great. And now we want to get into our series called A King in a Cradle. What a great title. It is a great title. It's super exciting. It's, uh, it helps us really dig into what Christmas means. Yeah. And this is what we're doing this month because it's the month when we celebrate Christmas. So... We talked about this last week. We introduced this subject. If you missed it, please go back and listen to that because we share the Christmas story, the gospel message. This week, we want to go a little bit further. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about, uh, first of all, the purpose of this message. What is the purpose of this? That we want everyone at Go Church to know and to understand how Jesus served them and how they can serve Jesus and serve others as well. It's pretty simple. There's a lot to it. Yeah, I mean, it's simple. It's easy to say. There's a lot of truth there that, that is really for us. And it, it so mirrors the purpose of Go Church, right? Because we want everyone to experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and then go with His love to the rest of the world. And that that's a beautiful, that's, a, that's beautifully pictured in this message, A King in a Cradle. Yeah. So the three parts of this series is that Jesus came to serve us. So yeah. the king came in a cradle to serve us. Part two is that we were saved, we were redeemed, and we were equipped to serve him. And part three is that we were commanded to serve others. And yeah. that means through love. Right. Yeah. So 
This week we're going to talk about part one, which is how the king came to serve us. Yeah. And with that, I actually want to read the main scripture okay. of this message, which we're covering over the course of the month. It starts in Mark uh, chapter 10, verse 42. So Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through to 45. And let, let me give some context before I get into this. At this point, uh, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples and two of the disciples came up to him and said, Lord, if we ask you for anything, will you do it for us? Will you do it for us? And uh, he says, ask away, you know, yeah. tell us. You know, he, he doesn't say, no, how could you say that? He says, you know, what, what can I do for you? Yeah. you know? and, and he said, and they ask him, you know, when you go to heaven, can you arrange for us to, you know, one of us be seated at your right hand, one of us be seated at your left hand. And then they have this whole discussion about, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's not the way it works in heaven. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details, but, you know, all the other disciples were pretty mad at this. We forget that they were 12 people from completely different social backgrounds, completely different backgrounds. And they clashed, right? There was times when they clashed. And, the nature of one person might not like the nature of another. Like a Jew at the time didn't like a tax collector because oh, they absolutely. felt like they were working absolutely. with the oppressor. Yeah. So they had all of this going on between them. But at this point, you know, Jesus kind of takes them all together and starts explaining how things work in the kingdom of God. Yeah. So this is verse 42. Great context, by the way. Yeah, this is verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. Yeah. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. What a great verse. In fact, um, you read this from, the, I believe this is the New, New King, King James. James yeah. But in the Passion uh, Translation, it says it, uh, it says it really, I love the way it says it. It says, in the world, you see people use their position and authority to dominate others. But it will not be that way with you. You're to lead by a totally different model. I love that yep. phrasing. And then he uses that phrase there. He says, you need to be the slave of all. Wow. That's like, I don't, I don't like that. But, you yeah, know, that it's tough to digest. That yeah, word definitely. kind of like sticks in your throat a little bit. Right. But we see it modeled by Jesus who comes not to be served, but to serve. That's, that's amazing. That and is that's, amazing. that's the heart of the gospel message. It is. It is amazing. And actually, this is part one. So we're going to talk today about Jesus demonstrating service. And where did he demonstrate the service? We identify three parts. Okay, we identify his service demonstrated at his birth, throughout his ministry, and in his death. And these are, these are three main points that we're going to talk about a little bit. So last week, we actually talked a little bit about the birth. Yeah. 
we talked about the title of this series called A King in a Cradle. Which is just stunning to me. I mean, it's such a summary of the gospel. The king, not a king. The king. The king of kings. The, the, the one that the Bible says was there in creation. He came in that, in that cradle, in that stall. That's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. Last week, we shared those, uh, those two verses from uh, the book of Isaiah, where he talks about, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Yes. And he really refers to the fact that Jesus was God, right? He came to earth as a man. And another verse, which we read in Matthew, which Matthew was actually referring to what Isaiah said earlier on, was about the fact that he was conceived and he was born from a woman, a virgin birth. Yeah. And he was referred to and called Emmanuel, which means God, God with, with us. us. So God chose to come to earth and live as a man, identify himself as a man so that he could save mankind. And that's stunning. That's a model of love which flows over into what service really means. Yeah, I, I love the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. I love the, the Christmas story from the Gospel of Matthew. But I, for me, I can't get away from the Gospel story of John, where it says, in the beginning was the Word. And in John, 4, John 1, 14, it says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that, that's that, that message of the king came in the cradle. Why? To serve others, to serve me and you, to bring us to a place where we can see and experience the unconditional love of God. That's yes, amazing. Right. It is amazing. What's amazing about the Gospel of John is that he sees from eternity's perspective yes. to the earth, yeah. back to eternity when yes. things are done. That's, that's something amazing. Uh, I actually want to add to, to this. I mean, this verse in, in John 1.14, where he says that the word dwelt among us and was made flesh. That's just amazing. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through to 8, uh, I want to read these verses out. Yeah. So, who, so he's talking about Jesus. Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. So... It doesn't even say a man, it says a bond servant, you know, and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So this is, it sums up what we're talking about as Jesus serving us in his birth, during his ministry and at his death. Yeah. We see that he was God. And he chose to empty himself of this and to live as a man for us. To become a servant so that we wouldn't have to stay, stay separated from God. Yeah. That's amazing. I, something, you know, our senior pastor, Matt Beamer, um, refers to this verse. And he, I, like, I like the way he says it. Uh, maybe it stands out to me because, you know, my wife and I live in Lebanon as uh, missionaries were on a mission. Um, but he said that God had one son and he made him a missionary. And 
this verse, it's like I can never get away from it because here, you know, it's like all of the options are available and, and God chooses this way, which way, to empty himself. These verses you just read there in Philippians, he empties himself of his mighty power and glory where in eternity past, from that, from that verse in John, he is the word of God, the command of the Lord. Yeah? And then he comes to the place where he needs someone to change his diaper. And he has to learn how to walk. <laughs> and, he, and he learns about God the way we learn yes. about God. He has to, he has to learn yeah. the scriptures the way we do. And he has to walk by faith the way we're asked to walk by faith. And, and the purpose behind all of that is to demonstrate what love really looks like. That's really in First John, it says, we don't know what love is unless we see what Jesus did. Why? Because Jesus is the perfect expression of what love is or who love is. And that's what Jesus said in John 8. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen the Father. You know, th this is actually, this actually goes into the whole idea. So we're talking about his death, his ministry, sorry, his birth, his ministry, and his death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, I mean. Which it doesn't end there, right? No, it doesn't end there because he's, <laughs> because resurrected, he's resurrected. He's alive. <laughs> and, and, and now he's serving us from heaven as a yes, high priest. Yes. You know, that, that service never ends. And actually, we're, our service, which we're going to look at in the next couple of weeks, is connected to his service because he's the head of the church and we're part of the church. We're, we're one with him. So what he wants to do, he's doing through us. We're going to talk about that next week. I don't want to step ahead with that. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to, I want to go back to his ministry. And you know how he says that um, it's, it's summed up in, in the Gospel of John, actually. So this is what love looks like from the perspective of Jesus. Jesus is a man when he's on earth and he's living with the Holy Spirit in connection or in union with his father, doing what his father asked him to do. So, so the book of John says that Jesus can only do, and he only does. This is from Jesus' mouth. Said, he does what the Father, do. yes. yeah, what the Father does. And I only say what the Father commands me to say, that service. He demonstrates that even throughout his life with everything he's done. Mm -hmm. He only does what he hears the Father, you know, he only does what the Father does and he only says what he hears the Father say and he commands him to say. And we just looked at, you know, the fact that he was obedient to the point of death. Yeah. I mean, that death was not only a, a harsh natural death on the cross after, after the beating, but it was, it was also a spiritual death, a separation from God, which he endured for us yeah. so that we would never have to endure it ever again. And this is, we see this act of service through, from the moment of his birth where he emptied himself up to the point of death where he chose to go to the cross for us, to serve us. That's astounding. It is. This is the God of all creation. He could have flicked his fingers and everything gone, but yeah. he loved us too much to let us go. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That's... So service, we're always talking about service, but 
service is always motivated by this selfless God kind of love. And through the love of God, we can live out the heart of God. Yeah. You know, uh, coming back to the disciples' question, hey, let us, you know, figure it out where we can sit, one on your right hand, one on your left hand. What are they asking there? They're asking for positional authority right. so they can rule over others. And Jesus is saying, no, let's use authority to demonstrate love and serve others. And that is the, that's the message of, that's the message of the gospel. It's certainly what we're talking about all month, a king and a cradle. There's so much uh, rich so, so truth. There. I just want to, I want to add to this. I yeah. want to say that basically what Jesus is saying to them is your ability to serve determines your position. In oh, heaven. that's so good. Right. So yeah. your ability to serve, your ability to love and walk in that love and do what you hear the father tell you to do and to say what you hear the father tell you to say, that is, that determines your position in yeah. heaven. That's, that's amazing. That's, that, that throws the whole world on its head, right? It's, well, literally, because uh, the world's idea of hierarchy is whoever has the highest position has the, like, essentially the least responsibility, right? This right. king yeah. that just sits and eats grapes and, I, you know, serve me, serve me, serve me. No, in the kingdom of God, he that would be greatest serves all. Yeah. So I actually, I really want to get into this story in, in the book of uh, John in chapter 13 about the time when on the last night after the, uh, after the feast, right? Jesus actually washes his disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. I want to read this from scripture and let's talk about it a yeah. little bit. Uh, because this, this ties up, uh, this ties up the idea of, he came to serve us and what he's asking us to do as well. So I'm going to read from uh, verse 1. In, so John 13, verses 1 through to 8. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to his hands and that he had come from God, was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I'm doing now, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So I'm going to pause. I want to read uh, verses 13 and 14 in a minute, but I want to pause here and, and, and talk about this for a minute because this is culturally, it's, it's, it's you know astounding. Mm. It's basically... This is one of the lowest jobs that a servant does, which is wash feet. And Jesus decides to do that for his disciples. Why does he do that? Before we say why, look at when. When he decides. 
is like, it's the fullness of time. Literally all of creation and all the plan of God had been working up to this point in time where he, the king, is going to offer himself as a sacrifice for us. And he, he starts by taking that lowliest of jobs. And why? Because there's, there's that, uh, what you said, that lowliest place is the place of highest responsibility in the kingdom of God. He came to serve others. You know, that's, uh, we were reading through Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 8, and then verses 9 through to 11 talk about the name of Jesus oh. above every other name. That happens after he fulfills the service yes. that he served to God and for God to us. Think about that. He said, God has given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. But in John 13, where do we find Jesus? On his knees. Serving. Serving. It's a, uh, it, like we just said, it really turns the world on its head. Yeah. An understanding of what true position in heaven looks like as a position of service. Exactly. It's Mark 10 uh, there. We can't use the world's model to understand um, authority and service. It's a whole different model and it's based on love. So I see here that Jesus did this in two parts. Number one, he did this for us. He, t he told Peter in verse eight that if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Mm. That his service was necessary for us to come home. That's love. So good. That's absolute love. But then he also does it as a demonstration for us. So this is, this is verses 13 and 14. He goes on to say, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Yeah. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So it's also a demonstration point about greatness in the kingdom of God and what God needs us to do and what he wants us to do and what he saved us to do, which is serve. So salvation is, it's the most important step that can ever happen for us, but it's the first step. Yeah. You know, we, we have to go so much further and keep going further in this, in this service walk. And Jesus started it and he demonstrated it and he accomplished this big step for us. And now he's in heaven helping us accomplish our service to That's others. That's so good. Praise God. That's really good. And we need to go further in this. We need to go further in our study. We're going to take a break here. But uh, next week, we're going to pick this subject up and keep going. And I'm excited about this because when we act in love, we release the power of God and his victory in any situation. The Bible says love never fails. That's right. And so this is, um, this is a path. This is not a path. This is the path to victory. And it's for you. So if no one told you, 
We love you. We love you. And we are believing God's richest and best for you. And we will talk to you next time. Bless you.